Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris W. along with my co-host Chris S. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of Green Eggs and West Ham. We've got a special episode here with our transfer window discussion. Just at the beginning of the transfer window, we're going to be looking at West Ham players that we need to sell, what positions we need to potentially get transfers in this during this window, and then what potential transfers we could get to fill those positions. So uh, we've each come up with a few different players we want to look at. We've seen over there, uh, we've keep, been keeping track of over the season and uh, kind of give you a little summarized version right now. There's a lot of things on social media and uh, circulating around the West Ham club about who we're going to get. And we want to try to break that down for you and, and summarize a little bit. So um, Chris, why don't you kick us off? What do you got for us in terms of um, who, how we're going to set up the selling of uh, each player? So there's been a couple of different uh, stories come out among West Ham news that we're going to be in a, uh, sell-to-buy budget. Basically, we're going to have to raise any funds we want to use to buy players by, by selling existing players. And this frustrates a lot of fans, especially, you know, uh, us among them. I, I think we are too we are too big of a club to have a zero net transfer. Even, even with the COVID, uh, you know, taking down, you know, obviously no attendance, no, no ticket revenue, uh, and then just hurting the club. Financially, it affects all, all the clubs financially. And there's not, we see reports of Aston Villa having 100 million plus to spend. Uh, I, we're too big of a club to be on a zero transfer budget. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we promised this, uh, t- you know, take with the new stadium taking us to the next level? So how does this play in? How do we have a zero transfer budget if we, we just had this whole promise a few years ago about, hey, we're going to be taking the next level. We're going to get a lot more revenue because of this new stadium. They kind of sold it that way, did they not? No, they, def- they definitely sold it that way. They even, you know, used the words Champions League and, and Europe. Uh, it, it kind of in that pitch. And it's really just frustrating right now that um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So there's if – we, if we think about – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you think about how – a modern Premier League team makes money. You make money from three broad sources. Ticket ticket sales. Or sorry, four broad sources. Ticket sales, TV money, advertising, and merchandise. The the move from Upton Park to the London Stadium affects ticket sales and potentially affect some merchandising. It does not change any of the TV revenue, and it does not change any of uh, really the advertising revenue that we get. And in the modern game of football, especially in the Premier League, TV revenue and advertising wake up the lion's share uh, of what a club gets. So even if, like, we're not getting double, but let's say we were getting double the ticket revenues that we were at Upton Park which we're, we're, we're getting more, but not double, it still wouldn't make a significant difference on the club's budget because it's maybe, I don't know, 80% of the club's money or so is from the corporate sponsorship, such as the Betway on the front of the jersey, and then the Premier League TV money that we saw, which I believe we got over 100 million pounds alone from, from our place in the Premier League this year. So it, it's really frustrating that they sold us that, we believed it, 
but silly on us for believing in it and kind of shame on them for trying to sell it that way. And yeah, it's just frustrating that we, we just fought to get out of relegation and I think we, our team underperformed. So I think we have a better team on paper than what we, we really saw during large portions of the season. But if you got to pay, you got to pay to protect your investment. Yeah, you do. And last season though, we had that, you know, $45 million Holaire uh, transfer. Right. So I think, there I saw the club kind of, Hey, backing it up. Like let's bring in this real, this player we're really excited about. He did great in the German league and Hey, he didn't really pan out this season, but that's kind of when I'm going into this summer transfer window thinking, okay, let's do it again. Let's get another player or two or a few where you're really excited about going into the season. And a zero transfer budget is really tough for me. Now, I do want to give a little bit of credit to the board saying, look, we've got some really big, we've got some players that are on some really big contracts, right? Anderson, massive contract, over 30 million. You've got Wilshire, who has been injured for a very large portion of the season, barely played for us. He's on a big contract. I mean, even Yarmolenko, if you know, we can talk about if we want to sell him, but look, there's players that, yeah, we can we can earn some money back, but I still think that the answer is not necessarily a zero transfer budget. Also, that doesn't give a great uh, impression to players that are potentially looking to come, right? If they're saying, Hey, you know, let's say what Ashton Villa is on a hundred million dollar transfer budget this summer season. And then you look at West Ham who's on zero and you think, okay, like, yeah, maybe West Ham can sell some players, but where's the potential going to lie. And as a, a young player, especially I'm looking for what club, can help me develop, but also what club can, um, can I kind of spend a little bit of long-term um, time at and, and grow with the club. And when you have a zero, zero transfer budget compared to hundred million, it doesn't look great for us. No, it definitely doesn't, doesn't show that we have the intent to move forward as a club. And even if th- this strategy could backfire on us and make us buy useless players laid on in the window because we never we didn't get our first and second choice targets early on we'll, we'll talk about in the, in the next section kind of the players we've been linked with one of them just quick uh is as which rumors are that we could have him if we bid for him we're just trying to scrape together the funds to make a bid uh, and it looks like we probably aren't going to get him because he's, he's going to go to a team like palace who's already making a bid already trying to agree to a personal terms and you know, what if we don't get an Eze, but then we go, you know, close to, at, the, at the beginning of October when the transfer window is about to close and go, oh, well, we need another player. Uh, let's play. Oh, well, we need a player in this position. We try and buy them. Well, the club we're negotiating with knows we need a player in that position. They're going to hold us hostage for more money, and we're going to get a second-rate player for the same price. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. And, and we're just going to find ourselves in this position next year because yeah. that player obviously didn't do the job because it's not a good player, and we're going to have to buy again. Uh, it's like the Jordan Hugo signing. Didn't solve a problem. We had to go back next year and get a striker. We, we, we got a Yeti this year. Didn't solve a problem as a backup striker. We're going to go need to get another striker this year. So you, you got to pay for the quality, you know, yeah, you have to pay for the quality, but also look at a Yeti. Let's let's go to him for a second. We bought him, and we barely, barely, barely used him. I would have liked to see a lot more of him. I think there's definitely times where we could have used uh, him a lot more than we did. So if you're going to buy these players, either play them or don't buy them. Like, don't 
I feel like it was almost a waste of money. Like, don't waste your money if you have no intent to play them. Maybe they're backup for Hilaire. Sure, but Hilaire was hurt some of the season. Maybe they're backup for Antonio. Antonio was hurt some of the season. So yeah. when are you going to play these guys? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I agree with you. I don't think we gave a Yeti a really a proper chance. But, you know, what if if we're going to get stuck with players like that where we don't – even if they're a good player or not, we don't believe in them, we're not going to play them if they're our third or fourth or fifth target because everyone else has been – you know, everyone else has been sold and bought, and we're sitting here at the end. Oh, now we we finally sold one of our players, so now we can use those funds to reinvest. I don't know. It's just it's not a good look, and I think it's going to hurt us. So, I said enough, enough, enough of that negativity. We don't we don't really love to be negative on the show, but uh, we, we we try and keep it realistic and take and take fair. the most positive light out of things. I, I I think one thing we can take, you know. For, for a, a club like Villa that just survived relegation, a zero transfer budget could be the nail in the coffin. For a team like West Ham, we still have the potential in the club that even if we didn't bring in too many significant signings or you know too many even squad players, we'll still, we still have a chance to, to be a good mid-table team this year. Yeah, we do. And like I mentioned before, though, we've got players that are on massive contracts. So even if we do do zero-zero budget, we still can sign some large players uh some large you know transfer fees and things even if we if have we can to generate sell first, the revenue if we can generate exactly yeah and and you know one of one of i think probably the largest impediments to us performing to our the level that we could our, our full potential was kind of we, we mentioned it before is is the issues with management, with with Pellegrini kind of re- refusing to change. And then I also think our other big issue was kind of our, our players' mentality. There were too many players that were, were passengers, were, weren't really fighting for the team. And we saw when we did get, a, you know, De- like Declan Rice was fighting from day one, but there were other players. Anderson wasn't fighting. I think a, so large portions of the season, Hilaire didn't really put forth the effort. Lanzini um, and – Roberto, a lot of these players didn't really put forward the effort. And so if we clear out some of those and, and, and have players, you know, the players that are playing be the ones like Bowen, uh, Suchek, Rice, the ones that are even the nobles that are setting the example, I, I think we can still get a lot out of it. Well, yeah, and let's get into it. So you talked about the goalkeeper position. Roberto, clear sell, right? I mean, I don't think there's any debate on that. Randolph, uh, do you, what do you have on him? Because we brought him in in January. He performed well for us as a backup keeper. We also do have Martin as a backup keeper, who also was proven in a few games. Um, w- would you keep that strong of a backup keeper in Randolph, or would you try I, to free up some funds there? That's a, that's a really good question. I To back up Fabianski, I, I'd keep Martin no matter what. He's a good third-choice keeper, doesn't cost a lot in wages, likes West, you know, obviously family has West Ham history, keep him. Whether I'd, I'd want to keep or sell Randolph to me fully depends on how we view our two youth keepers and Anang and Trot. If we, you know, they, they've, they haven't really, I know Trot was out on loan. Um, if, if we bring him back in and see and like what we see, I'd keep him, hopefully give him a chance and sell Randolph. But if we're not, if we're not quite sure if he's ready yet, maybe loan him out again and keep Randolph. So it's, it's really, all, I, I think Randolph's a good backup keeper, you know, last season was, was, you know, the prime example of why you need a solid backup keeper. Roberto, 
coming in wrecked our season. And when, when we finally got a new keeper in there, both in the couple games that Martin played and then when Randolph uh, filled in for a few games, it really made – it kind of shored up our season. So I, I wouldn't – I'd only sell Randolph if you're confident in what Trot brings you. Yeah, and I'm wondering what that confidence can bring. So I'm confident in Randolph, right? We've seen him play before for West Ham. We saw him this season. We know what he's going to bring to the table. We know what Martin's going to bring to the table in a lesser, you know, um, lesser thing. But, but we at least have seen him. Trop, what you've seen is just not necessarily in the Premier League at this level when you've got some of the world's best strikers and midfielders shooting on you, right? So, uh, just because of that, on uh, the fact that the second keep secondary keeper kind of ruined our season this past season. I'm nervous to go to a new one and say, Hey, let's give this guy a chance. Yeah, we do have Martin. I, I don't know if he can survive a whole season. If Fabianski's out though, I, I yeah. want, I rather have their reliability, but that's a good, that's a good, that's a good, good argument. I, I agree with you, especially if we we're probably aren't going to get, I, I guess market value the highest we could get two, 3 million for a, a keeper of Randall's age. Uh, so yeah, might as well keep them. Um, so yeah. obviously Roberto, get rid of him. All the others, I think we'll keep. Uh, yeah, center, it sounds good. Back, what What do you? Uh, you we kind of had three senior center backs, and then also kind of Cardoso was up and down. Some in the youth team, some in the the some in the uh, uh, senior team. What do you, do you think we need to sell any of those for? So I would actually keep all the center backs. I there's a few that we'll talk about later where, yeah, I want to bring in probably another center back just to really solidify things. Sometimes Diop doesn't play great. Sometimes Bablina doesn't play great. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that, but I'm not nearly as worried as some other positions that we'll get to. So Ogbana, Hey, brick wall back there. We talked about him already for a, a very extended amount of time. Great player. And I would like to see Diop develop more under him. I think Bablina also there's room to grow. Uh, I don't see any reason to sell them. I, I think you can't sell Balbuena or Diopse and and not bring in anyone. You've got to have at least three, and I would really like to see four because right now we are a little bit thin on center back, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, like we, you mentioned, we, we saw two. last year or the end of last year, we had to play Rice there a game, and because yeah. we because we had too many injuries, didn't have the cover, and it it, it hurt because losing a player like Rice in midfield, even as good as he is in center back. Uh, it, you know, it lost a lot for our team. So, yeah, we, we need to be adding on net the center back position, not taking away. And I, you know, keep Ogbonna, you know, one of the, the hammer of the year candidates this year. Diop and Balbuena, I, I like the potential that Diop brings. Um, and I don't think we're going to get an offer that's significant for Balbuena. So there's, I wouldn't sell Balbuena for pennies just to have to pay someone to come in. Because Balbuena can do a job when asked. So he can I'm, fill in. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, he has the potential to start too, I, I think, but um, all right. And then let's move out kind of to more of the fullback uh, outside area. So Fredericks, would you keep him? I would consider selling him. Um, we've been linked with a lot of fullbacks, especially right backs in this window. I'd consider selling him, but I think it would take, too large of an offer than we'll be getting. He's I, – I honestly think Johnson – I'd choose Johnson over him going into the season as, a, as the first team fullback. But he still offers a lot. He's pacey. He can he can be a difference maker, you know, as a super sub. And he even showed flashes of quality, as decent quality as a starter. But if we're going to 
if we identify a target that we really love and, you know, is re reasonable, reasonably priced, I can see us selling Fredericks to get them. But yeah, I, I really think we need at least overall need to stay, at least stay strong on the right back. We, if maybe even add to it. The only way I think I'd sell Fredericks is if it was for a trade in it uh, to get another right back. So with Fredericks, I'm terrified. Honestly, I'm terrified that we're going to have a hole in defense this year. We saw it at the end of the last season. We, we were kind of struggling there for a little bit. And especially when the the uh, contracts for Ngakia and Zabaleta ran out. So Fredericks, I definitely would keep as a backup. He's also, he's proven he can start for us. Maybe not the, maybe not the best person, you know, in the premier league to start it right back. Hey, but at least he has proven that he can hold his own out there. He's facey too. I, I would probably start Johnson over him as well, but I would be very, very cautious. I'd say to sell Fredericks. Um, so that kind of takes care of the right back. I think we do need to bring in another right back as well, but uh, we'll get to that too. Um, then moving on to the left side. So Cresswell and, and Masawaku in terms of my own opinion, uh, and maybe this is widely shared. I don't know, but Mazuwaku, I would almost definitely sell. Um, the reason is we brought him in. He's supposed to be a little bit of a pacey left back. He can even play a little bit of midfielder too, but we haven't really used him. We, we saw him in a few games and even in the games that we did use him, his touch is just not consistent. I think sometimes he has great touches, but sometimes it just goes anywhere that it wants, you know, and, and he he's skillful, but I think sometimes he's, too confident in his skill. He tries things that he he only a world class player should. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, so, anyways, it's it's kind of that same like a Yeti uh, argument. There is look, if we're not going to have a consistent left back that we're going to play, or someone like a Zabaleta, where yeah, maybe he doesn't start for us, but he's at least there, and we can rely on him. And we know that if our right back gets injured, we can put Zabaleta in. For Masawaku, that even when Cresswell gets injured, I'm still nervous to put Masawaku in there. And when it gets to that level, I think I'm ready to sell him. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm on a, a hard yes on selling Masawaku. He is arguably, he's not a, not really a good defender. He, he I, I think he kind of tackles like a winger. He, he plays defense like a winger. Um, and we seem incapable of, of playing him at the wing. We, we always play him at fullback and, He's a defensive liability, offers something going forward, but inconsistent. I think we have better players coming back on the left side. Uh, if we, if you were thinking, oh, we could play him as a winger, I think we have better players coming back that could play in that position anyway. So, yeah, I'd sell him for the money that we could probably recoup off of him. And then kind of his, his only other competition on that, that crest wall. I think I would consider selling him. I – I don't think we need to have either of those two going into next season as our starting fullback. I think that was a huge position of weakness for us last year. Um, Cresswell def has decent defensive instincts, but it's just too slow for the modern game uh, against too many teams in the Premier League that have pacey wingers. I I'd consider yeah. selling him too if he if the if the right bid comes through. I don't think he's been linked with any move away, but I, you know I, I'm not overly attached to him in, the, in that left back spot. Yeah, I agree. And it, look, he got hammer of the year, right? A few years ago uh, was really good. I seen a, a sharp decline, unfortunately. And I, I kind of view him a little bit as that Zeb Lada where, yeah, we bring, we need to bring in a left back for sure. 
but I also wouldn't mind playing Cresswell if we had an injury on that new left back. Um, but I definitely wouldn't start Cresswell over, over anyone. I think we, we do have a void at left back right now. Um, I also would be in favor of selling him to another team, but, but it's kind of like that Frederick situation where I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to sell him just because I think we have such a void in defense and we need to be adding players. And if we're subtracting any, in any sort of way from our defense, then we need to be immediately replacing them. Maybe they're part of a deal to, to swap, you know, but, but we've got to be adding this season. Um, Chris will had some good free kicks. I, I mean, I, he's, he's a good player. It's just when you're up against a trio, right? You're up against some incredibly fast strikers like a Sala or, you know, Aguero or something. I mean, these are world-class strikers and you've, and, and midfielders, and you've got to be able to keep up with them. And he just doesn't have the pace anymore. I think. Yeah. Kind of moving on to the midfield. I, out of the kind of center midfield, the only player I'd really consider selling is Wilshire. Uh, I think he, West Ham fans are rightfully so frustrated with him, his kind of lack of playing time, or just his his lack of being fit to play. Uh, and obviously a, a big wage earner at the club, but I, I, I would sell him, but I think we're going to have a tough time offloading him. I think we will, and it's really because of his injury rate. When he plays, he honestly is pretty decent, and we saw that the few games. I think he featured for two or two games, I can recall. Um he was decent. He didn't get a bunch of time though. And yeah, he's coming back from injury, but that injury rate is really, really hurting, uh, hurting the team that has him and hurting any team that's going to purchase him. So I would sell him if we could get even, I mean, basically recoup anything for him. I think we need, he's one of the players where I think we need to save wages on. So he and and Anderson is the other one that I, I think for sure we can make money for that zero transfer window. Um, to be able to, you know, basically free up funds to, yeah. to go get another player. Now, this is this is going to be a controversial opinion. I I really hope we keep Rice for the year. I think Rice is the key for us going forward, but we – I doubt we'll be able to keep him his entire career. So if the right offer – when we talked about it in this podcast before, players like Anatovich and Payet, when we had – the chance to sell them at their peak value, we didn't, and it came back to bite us for, for different reasons than I think what, what, it, what happened for Rice. But if we think selling Rice someday is going to be inevitable, what is the, dollar, or the, the, the pound figure this summer that you'd take? See, knowing that we have to, to bring in some money to, to, to fund outside transfers, what is, that, what is that value point you would sell them for? So before I answer this, just for our viewers, what would you say is the medium, say, value for players in the Premier League? What would you say is about the average? I, if you're bringing in a player with the intention to start, to be in your starting 11, you're probably going to have to pay at least 15 to 20 million pounds. Uh, right. Because, and, and that's like, I'm thinking like, you're going to buy a good player from the championship. You're going to buy a lower level player from another Premier League club. You're going to buy a player like Suchek from, from a, a lower league, but who's, you know, a cream of the crop of that league. So I'm thinking like, you know, your Bowen, your Suchek, obviously not every player is going to be as successful as those transfers, but kind of the 15 to 20 million for a, a decent, not too old player. Uh, you could obviously get players for five and ten million if they're more of a gamble, but then I'd say if you're looking for a stud player, 
it's going to be 40 million plus. Like if you're yeah. looking for a young, a young stud English player, 40, 50, 60 could be what it costs. Um, but so that, that, that's what I'd say. Well, that, that's exactly why I wanted you to mention that because and I think there's some fans out there that um, listen to the show that don't know those kind of statistics, right? So uh, we try to keep up with it just because, uh, you know, we're kind of I'll, in the podcast. I'll give you an example more. real quick. Just to, sorry. To, yeah, go ahead. Nathan Atkin, center back for Chelsea, or sorry, center back for uh, Bournemouth, was, was one of their better players. But, I mean, it was a defense that shifted a ton of goals. They got relegated. He, you know, he's a decent player, but not – world-class, uh, but got signed by City for 40 million pounds. And some people thought it was a lot, but he's young. He's, I believe he's English. You know, he's about 24 years old. Uh, that's kind of, and he's, a, but he's a center defender too. So he's not even a, you know, a midfielder is going to bring you an even higher fee than that. So that's kind of a, in the current market, that's a lot of what these bigger clubs will have to pay. Yeah. And, and now to get back to your question about what would you sell Declan Rice for? So now that we've kind of got the context there, honestly, because he's one of our best players, he, he probably is our best player that I can think of. I would say 45 million, maybe I'd consider, but, but I would honestly have to go above 50 million. I, I think Declan is that good. And I well, think, I, I think we're, I think we're going to get, if we did some, I think we'd get more than that. I, you know, there's talks of like 60, 65, Maybe yeah, and and to be fair, this is just a base on like, hey, yeah. this is when I would actually look at an offer and consider it, and yeah. and it would have to come with a like, there would have to be so much that it came with because he is our best player. But th- if we free, let's say, let's just use the ballpark number of sixty million, right? Fifty-five, sixty million. We brought in Hilaire, which was a world-class striker, uh, or you know, at originally the time was, yeah. at the time exactly at the time for forty-five million, right? So we could almost get two like very good players, maybe right under that Supreme premier league level, just under, you could get that for say 30, 35 million, right? Each. And yeah. Declan's, if we sold Declan for say that 60 million, that covers almost 95% of that fee. So you could theoretically bring in two Suchek's say, and Suchek, even though I think it was a little bit less than that, two Bowens for sure. You could bring in four Rice's and I mean, Rice is a world-class player, but if we, the problem is that you kind of gamble with the quality. Like well, we did the, the with thing Wilshire. is, can you find that suit check to replace him with? Can you yeah. find that? And yeah. can you convince them to come to West Ham? Right. That, and that's why I say you would have to have a very high price for rice so that we could bring in proven players, not just someone that we want to try. Yeah. It, if, if you're going to sell like an Anderson, I'm okay with using some of those funds for players that you're going to try. But when you're selling rice, who you know is a solid player for that much money, you've, to replace him, you've got to bring in proven players. So anyways. yeah, you, you would you would have to. The only, I, so you said about sixty sixty five. Yeah. Right. I'd actually say I wouldn't take a penny less than seventy five million pounds. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think if if you wanted to buy just the average player of Rice's quality, it's going to cost probably fifty million pounds at least. But you got to remember, this kid's what twenty two years old, twenty one, twenty two years old. Uh, let me let's look that up. I think he's 21, yeah. Yeah, he might even just be 21. Um, let's see. Yeah, 21 years old. Uh, plays very versatile. Can play center back or center midfield. And is, you know, counts towards the homegrown quota, being English. I I, I don't think we've seen the best of him. So I, I think it, a 65 million would be fair. But since we're kind of in a, a comfortable position, I wouldn't. 
and just the risk of bringing in new players, I wouldn't take a penny less than 75 million pounds. Um, and we talked, you know, mentioning we'd have to find, a, you know, he could fund other transfers, but also we would need someone to replace him. I'll give a little teaser. I, I think I found a player. To replace you know, really? Later, later, on, later on, we're going to talk about like, so we're going to, next section, we're going to go through players that we have been linked with. Uh, and then we'll also, and at the end, talk about a couple players that we've scouted, you know, to some extent that we think could fit the team well. And and I just give you a little teaser that the player that I'm <laughs> going to talk about, I think could be um, not as good as Declan Rice, but a player that could somewhat replicate what Declan Rice gives us. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. Um, well, just one more caveat too to that is I, I think we're kind of buffing up the the money we would take for rice. And the reason is because maybe he's worth say 60, 65 million when, when we are trying to offload him or he's coming up at the end of his contract. But the reason we can bump up that number a little bit is because he's not at the end of his contract. He's still got another year on it. And because we're not really looking to sell him. If we, if it was like a Wilshire, we're like, look, man, we just want to offload this guy. Teams know that. And they're going to come in a little bit lower, but we are ex- in an extremely comfortable position with Declan he is starting to prove himself now and has already proved himself. But I think like you mentioned, he's got more to go. So we're in a comfortable position and that's why we can raise the price. So just for, if anyone was confused, I'll just even throw it out there. Even though, you know, money is reportedly tight, you know, that whether it's actually tight or the club just want, you know, the board just wants you to think it's tight. I'd even give Declan a new contract this summer up, up, you know, he's not on, He's he's not in the top five or six wage earners, at least, if not even, you know, I think he's closer to, you know, eight or nine in the wage earners at the club. I'd make him, you know, I'd give him 100000 a week, you know, make him at least, you know, show him that we care about him. And I think it could, you know, it, it could pay off because it could make it where maybe we do get to keep him longer. So that's just well, – uh, and, and one more thing, just before we move on, I want that long-term goal. That's what I hope the club does. And I want that. I want him to turn into the next noble where he's growing the club. He is literally making the team better around him, not just for a year, but for years and years to come. He becomes the captain. He's the one that really leads our team forward. And then we build our team around him, you know? And, and I think we need to build it around a structure. Like we mentioned, bringing in, bring in the right players to fit that structure. But I think it starts with rice. So anyways, I, I would be very cautious to sell him. I would be open to options, but they would have to be very high. And I think you agree. Um, let's move on real quick to uh, other midfielders. So we, we kind of have those solid midfielders, right? We've got rice Suchek. I think we both would, would very much agree. No Bowen. We just brought in, he's been fantastic for us. Plenty of time on his contract. We would be very, very against selling him. There's no reason to, um, again, for now, solid player. We both think there's potential in him. Uh, would you sell him at all? Or no, is not, not a chance. Not a chance. Right. Not even if not even if a team offered us every penny that we got last summer. No, I completely and, and I want to even take that to the next level. Even if they offered us a lot more than like we would be earning off of selling him, the I see Rice's potential in him. In that, for now, this is a young player. He needs more experience, and he will be. I think he would become one of the best players in that and just the, like not only he's he's been a good, good really good player for us i think we played about a position but like in goals and assists was a good contributor and, and you know i kind of mentioned one of the reasons i think we underperformed was the lack of character in our team he's one of the ones that gives 100 percent every time like he's gonna track back players even if he's not yeah. the fastest give the effort you know you 
you got to put a premium on that too. That's what I like to see though, is he is not the best defender. He really isn't, but he tracks back and he's at least trying. He's at least in position, you know, anyways, um, let's move on to a player that never tracks back and is terrible at defending Anderson. I I would sell him as soon as we could. (laughs) What, What do you think on that? I, so I am, this is the one player that I have, I keep jumping back and forth on. Really? Okay. He, you know, the year before this, his first year at the club, he was arguably our best attacking threat. Scored something around eight goals and had about eight assists and had this one streak of games that was just incredible. Um, really flourished under a more freestyle uh, role with Pellegrini. And, and man, we were getting some – we thought he could be kind of the same this year, and it just didn't turn out to be. Um, one thing I, I, you know, I'd point out, a guy a guy I really like on Twitter, and I'd, I'd, I'd suggest all of you look at, if you're a West Ham fan looking for some really good just kind of uh, visual analysis, uh, Dan uh, Waffenden at – at Dan Waff 98 on Twitter, just got some really good threads on, on current and, and potential players for West Ham kind of using, using both a combination of statistics and uh, different kind of uh, graphics uh, to show. And, and he had a really good one on, on Anderson. And before I saw this, I was on the, I was on a, you know, the fully sell Anderson camp where you are right now. Um, I think he puts in too little effort. I think he, doesn't have confidence right now and if he doesn't if he's not putting in effort he's not putting in and he doesn't show any confidence to take on players he's useless I agree with that but he had one the biggest thing that changed my mind is he showed me the heat map or he you know he posted the heat map of Anderson and it actually showed him basically playing a left wing back role how deep he was and and it made me show that, oh, he has to cover so much for the fullbacks. Like we saw Fornells have to do near the end of the season for Cresswell that I'm wondering, yeah, Anderson could have done better, but maybe he was a victim of the circumstances somewhat. So I, you know, I just, and so instead of being an absolutely let's sell him, I'm going to say maybe just because, he, he honestly, out of all the players we could sell, he would probably garner the highest transfer fee. So I, I'm still, I'd be, I'd sell him if we got the good, uh, if we got a decent offer, but I also, part of me really wants to see what he could do uh, if he, if he's given a chance kind of playing in and around Hilaire with another player like Bowen and for now is kind of in there. That's pretty interesting because I think most of the West Ham fans, from what I can gather, are on the the camp of getting rid of Anderson and selling him at the first moment. And and let me just say the reason I think I'm in that camp is he could have scored, say, I don't know, a, a bunch of goals for us. I don't want to say if he was a top goal scorer, yeah, I'd probably be in the camp of keeping him. But he could have scored, you know, say three or four more goals for us, made some difference in games, and I would still be on the the sell him camp. And the reason the difference is effort, right? So for nows, I'm willing to go to bat for because I'm willing to offer him more because I see that effort. I see that potential. And with Anderson, I see potential. There's a little bit of potential, sure. If we get a great left back, if we get someone that he never has to track back, right? 
then Anderson, maybe he has also given a little bit more uh, free play with Moyes where he really flourished under Pellegrino and he was able to be more free. But is that, you know, do we really have to tailor the team to him to unlock that effort or well, I, I, I want a player that's going to put in the effort no matter what, you know? No, I, I agree with you. I, I think his mentality needs to be worked and I don't know if it can change. You know, he, he, he at some point a player is what they are and he's probably at that stage, but I also think he, he, We've seen we've seen two years of Anderson. We've seen his first year and his second year. His first year was great, one of the talismans of the club. His second year wasn't that good. But I, I'm not. I've seen you know I've seen one year of Hilaire, who had some good but was 75% not that good. So not really like you know compared to him and Hilaire, I really haven't seen much more bad from Hilaire that I've seen with Anderson. And I'm still willing to give Hilaire a chance. So I'm, I still want to give Anderson a little bit of leeway. Uh, but I'd say, you know, if we get 25 plus million for him, I'd sell him. Otherwise, his potential is just too high. Like he could be a player that, that if he, he gets it right, could really help us a lot. I guess that is a decent point there is if we came in at like that 5 million or 10, even 15 million for Anderson, he's on a huge wage at our club. So if we get that offer, I even would probably lean, no, let's keep him and let's see what he can do. You do definitely have to have that right offer. And yeah, I'd probably say upwards of 20 million is when I'd start looking at him. I think he's on a 30 to $35 million contract off the top of my head. So um, obviously we've got more for that. Yeah, sell him. But if we got under, you know, we were losing a little bit of money on him, I would still be willing to look at it, but, but we can't go too much. You know, I, I'm not ready to just offload him for the first penny that comes in. Exactly. And so. I think that's, one of the, one of the backfire one of the things that could backfire about this whole sell to buy plan is if clubs know we have to sell like we've basically announced we have to sell in order to buy players so clubs that are looking at our players know we're incentivized to sell so we're probably not going to get top dollar for him you know it's you know he's been linked with Anderson's been linked with a lot of Italian clubs well it doesn't take too much digging to see, oh yeah, they're, they're not going to spend a lot of money. They need to sell players to get that money. Oh, if they need to sell soon because they're linked with these players, we can give them a quick but cheap offer and and hope to get them. So, you know, it could backfire. Like we're not going to, I don't think we're going to see, you know, in a normal market, we might get a $35 million offer for Anderson. But since we've announced to the world, Hey, this is our intention. No club's going to offer near that for him. Or right. for any of our players. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, what do you think of the kind of his I kind of consider them the the dynamic duo in the midfield here, Anderson and Lanzini. What do you think of his counterpart Lanzini? Man, Lanzini's given me some good memories, but for him I have I have seen enough. It's time to go. Okay. It's I've he's Tantalizing potential, but I've seen several years consecutively of just low effort, not a lot of end end product in in whether assist or goals. Uh, Plus, I don't really, you know, for him, I'd rather have, I'd have four nows over him every day. I don't see why I'd keep him around after that, you know. 
it, not only that, but there's some players that I like to keep on the bench and say, hey, I wouldn't necessarily start this player, but I'm excited to see if they come in. Anytime Lanzini's on the field, uh, or sorry, gets subbed in, I'm I'm not excited. Like, who do you take off to put Lanzini on? You know, or you're taking off Fornals. Well, that's probably not mm-hmm. a good choice. You, you take off Antonio, terrible Bowen. choice. Like, yeah, yeah Bowen. Like, there's, there's just no one that you would take off to put him in. I, I would argue there are times when you could take Yarmolenko, who we'll get to in a second. You, you could take Yarm- you could take Bowen off and put Yarmolenko on, and I'm excited for the change. I am never excited for the Lanzini change for someone. And, yeah, and at that point is when I think it's time to sell. There was a time where I, I would have been excited for it, but yeah, this I'm not anymore, and I don't I don't Moyes likes him, but in the system that Moyes plays, I, I don't really see Lanzini being a key cog so yeah I, i'd sell him uh you, you mentioned kind of one more attacking midfielders snodgrass we didn't really get to see a lot of him at the end of the season due to injury he's kind of getting up there in age i personally would just keep him around he's he's still offered a lot of goals and assists this year he, he's a good vocal leader in the club uh i don't think there's there's no offer that they're going to give for a player of his age that'd be worth t- to lose what he really gives to the club yeah, I, I'm actually going to contradict or uh, contradict myself here and say I want to keep him, but I but darn if I wouldn't sell him if the right offer came in. And it, here's the reason: so Snodgrass, look, he scored some incredible goals for us, right? De- pretty darn decent on free kicks. He is a little bit slower, pacey wise, but uh, he's he still contributes to the team. And even when he's on the field, if he got subbed in over Bowen, now that we have Bowen, I think his value went down, right? Because Bowen can, can basically take over the position that he was filling every time. Whereas um, if you stub off Bowen for Snodgrass, I'm not super excited because I, I trust other players to make a bigger difference when you sub off Bowen. Um, I would sell him if the right offer came in, but but how I don't think an offer is going to come in and that's why I would keep him. Right. So yeah. if that makes sense, um, yeah, I don't he, think the offer is going to grow come our in. team. I, I think he can really grow our team. I think he yeah. is one of the, uh, the sub leaders of our team. Yeah. He, he's definitely vocal and he, he has versatility. You can kind of play him in the more central midfield. You can play him kind of as a number 10. You can play him out wide. Uh, even if, you know, let's say you sub him on at the 89th minute when you have a free kick, because you know he could, you know he can take a great free kick. Like there's just right. enough things that he offers to the team that, you know, I, I like to keep him around. He's a, he's a player I like to see in a West Ham shirt, but like Mark Noble, he might not he might not be the you know the best in every situation, but he's a guy that I love having on my team. Uh, yeah. And then Yarmolenko, kind of the other uh, left-footed player that plays on the wing. Um, we saw him have some really key contributions in, in the restart this year, but also for much, much of the season out with injury. A player that was I was really excited to see coming to West Ham a couple of years ago had just moments where he feels like he's our best player. Like he'll have games where he's just incredible, but then he, he'll, he'll either get injured or, or just kind of go non-existent. And so it's kind of the argument of, I, he, I don't see him as a starter for us, uh, just based on where he plays compared to you know a player like Bowen. But he could be an impactful sub. Would you sell him? If you were to look up Yarmolenko in the dictionary, it would come up as technically gifted, zero pace. 
So when you're subbing him in, you're not looking for pace at that point. Bowen's already given you the pace up and down. Hopefully the defenders are tired. And that's why I think Yarmolenko can't start because when the defenders are fresh, they're going to crush him every time. But darn if he isn't technically gifted. And that that technically gifted portion, I think really saves him in my book and a lot of the team, a lot of the fans books as well. He, he scores some incredible goals from range too. He doesn't need to be two feet from the goal. He, he scores them from range. Uh, he's extremely deadly with his good foot, but I'm worried about his weak foot because it is darn well known that his weak foot is almost useless. It's, 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 it's really kind of hilarious watching a professional footballer favor one foot <laughs> so strongly. Uh, yeah. You know, just it, but and the, the the other team never seems to really pick up on it, you know, fully. Like they, if I was guarding him, I'd stand two meters to his <laughs> right, just or two meters to his right, so he could or to my right, to his left, so he couldn't use that foot. Uh, you know, but it's yeah, it's kind of funny. I I'd sell him if the right offer came around, but he yeah, I I mean that's I, it. Honestly, I'd sell him I, if he came, but he's a great he's he's been a great impact sub for us, and I even think. If we don't buy another striker, I'd like to even maybe give him some some run as a backup striker, just as as clinical as he is with that left foot. If he gets in some good positions, uh, he could get, score some a good number of goals for us. Uh, no, not, not 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 a world breaking, but definitely uh, make impact. Contribute. Switch a couple games. Yeah, definitely could contribute. And I think honestly, out of the entire team, that out of the starting eleven that I want to see on the field, I want to say he and maybe Hilaire, if you didn't start him, are the two most impactful subs we have on the, sitting on the bench. They can change the game. And, and specifically talking about Yarmolenko can change the game. When, when we're in the 80th minute, we sub him in, or 70th minute, sub him in. That gives us an, our offense another chance, a, a, a different style of play to try something different to get that goal. So I love that about uh, having that option on the bench. So I, w- I would keep him. If, if we got a really good offer for him, I'd sell him. But... Um, but I think we've covered that. So Chris Diangana, let's get into some of the younger players and in Diangana, he was on loan. He performed incredibly on loan. Uh, I think it was kind of fun. It was fun to watch him honestly um, go from, you know, West Ham kind of willing to put him out there, get him some experience and then him just excel like crazy. And now I think West Ham's looking back and saying, dang, like, we're, we're going to really start playing him. And I, and I hope we do. Do you yeah. think he's going to get the, the chance, though? Well, so this is a really interesting one. This, he either needs to get the chance or there's, there's been some links that we, we, there's been offers for him or interest in him at least. I would absolutely keep him. You know, we kind of mentioned the, you know, or not, uh, well, we, Moyes mentioned his vision for West Ham, uh, bringing in young, hungry players that can grow with the club and who want to play football uh, and kind of uh, basically mentioning through that, finding good players in the championship. Well, we signed Bowen from the championship, the impact he made. We, you know, Diangana is essentially the exact, if, if Diangana wasn't a West Ham player, it was just, was that was a permanent player on a, on a championship team and played like he did last year. He'd be exactly the type of player I would want us to go out and buy. You know, he's, a, he's pacey, which is something our team needs desperately. He yep. plays on the left wing, which really no one's locked down that position on our team yet, especially if you think, for like you and I do think for now, to be playing central. You know, Anderson has shown a lot to, to be desired. 
in that position. Uh, no one else really even plays that position for us. So he would fit in an area of strength. <clears throat> is direct, one of the highest dribblers in the championship, and had eight goals and six assists in 1,900 minutes, which is almost a goal or assist every uh, game and a half. So I, I would absolutely keep him in the team. I would not sell him. Uh, I even if we got fifteen or twenty million for him, the potential he has at his age and what he's shown in the championships too. Like, I essentially think he's not as prolific in goal scoring as Bowen is, but a a lot of the other signs point to a similar success as what Bowen did. I don't think you could have said it better. Yeah, he fits a hole in our team right now, right? So why would we why would we sell him unless something ridiculous came in, which it's not going to. Um, if we got an insane amount of money for him and we know we could go buy another left midfielder that is proven fine, but it's just let's just look at the facts. Like it's not going to happen. So, um, but we already have that. Play, we already have that left midfielder on our team. I, I think it left midfield is one of the pla- the places that we do need to look for, but the fact that we have Diangana really gives me hope, and I, I would love to see him play um, in the Premier League. He did great in the Championship. Bowen did great in the Championship. Like you said, there's so many qualities that go back and forth. Pacey, Pacey, you know, they're both great players. They put in a lot of effort. When you see Diangana play too, it, it's the for now. It, it's like for now is where you see the effort. Like I see Diangana running back, getting on defense, helping out when, when we need it. I see him running up and, you know, just kind of going basically box to box, like goal to goal. Well, he's he's and, not and, afraid to carry the ball. He's not afraid no. to run at players. It's, it's everything you want Anderson to be. Right. Diangana showed, at least at the championship level. And for his age and the fact that he's already yes. a West Ham player, you gotta it's a no-brainer. He, yeah, it's a, he is the biggest reason why I would be fine selling a player like Anderson because I would rather have a guy like Diangana who has, you know, maybe not as highly regarded as a player like Anderson is in the global stage, but will try, will we'll run, is hungry, uh, and, and is shown flashes of what he could be. Yeah, he has potential and he's got the will to play, and uh, those can be argued for in Anderson. Um all right, and then what about our our pacey little guy here, Holland? Um, I yeah. I think I'd keep him. I I like him. If the right offer came in again, I probably would have to sell him. He did do really well on loan. I'm glad we put him on loan because I, I would have liked to keep him on West Ham personally, but I but Moyes was not going to play him. No, um, and and so that's why I'm I'm happy that we put him on loan. He did really well, and I'm happy to bring him back in the team. I don't think I would start him though. I'd like to see what Diangana does. I'd like to see how he fits into our, how Diangana specifically fits into our team. Holland, I think, could be a great great sub, and and he kind of is that pacey Bowen almost like almost a a, a fresh Bowen. I I don't know his technical skill level is the same as Bowen, but what what analysis do you have on that? He's He's had some really good it, – it, it seems like almost every year we hear, maybe this is the year Holland can break into the team. Maybe this is. And I, and I think this actually could be the year, depending on uh, who we end up selling if we sell. You know, let's say we sell Yarmolenko, we sell Anderson, and we don't bring in another winger. Well, basically you have Diangana, Holland, Bowen, and that's all the true wingers we have. Then hopefully, yeah, he'll get some games and, and get, get a chance. Um, but one thing that really strikes me is 
he his prolific goal scoring record uh, at kind of the the youth level, uh, and I I would like to see him get a chance uh, at the the senior level. The only thing I wouldn't sell him permanently, but if we either don't sell any of our wingers or maybe sell one and bring in another player, like we'll talk about next section, some of where some of our targets are, are wingers, then I would maybe send him out alone one more year. But sooner or later, we got to give him a chance to, to prove himself in a West Ham shirt. And I think he could be a real good player um, and, and fits a lot of what I want in a winger, both direct, pacey, and, you know, has a, has a nose for goal. You mentioned that last sentence. So he fits what you want in a West Ham player. He fits exactly what Moyes stated, right? He's young. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's got that will. He's pacey. Like, this this is perfect and this is the kind of team that i want to start building and this is the kind of team we brought in bowen we brought in suchek they're both young players uh, holland is a young player like let's let's keep him let's develop him he's done well you know i think it's time for him to get some time in the premier league i think he does need a little bit more exposure to the premier league before he's ready to start but uh he deserves uh, at this point he deserves a chance so yeah. All right, and then moving on to forwards here. Um, so we've got Antonio. Look, very, very tough to say you'd sell Antonio. I don't yeah. think there's one West Ham fan that would say you would. He was the player. Uh, I mean, he outscored the entire Premier League uh, since the restart. The, the guy is incredibly fast. He is extremely strong. Like, there's not one quality that he's lacking. You know, he, he shoots them over the goal sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the guy. I mean... <laughs> When he seems uh, he seems jovial, like he he seems like he he brings joy to practice to like seeing the seeing kind of the the little social media clips they put out of in training and stuff. Like he just always seems like he has a smile on his face, which is something you want. Like you want, you think about in your workplace. You all know those like your co- the coworkers that that make it uh, tough to to do your job because they they kind of drag you down. But also you know the coworkers that are. The, on the other on the other end of the spectrum, the coworkers that actually make you excited to go into work because you're going to get to hang out with them. Like he seems like one of those guys. Like that you're just going to have a good time with, you know, bring up your spirits. And on top of that, he's a heck of a good player. So yeah. Yeah, uh, hard to make a case since the restart. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell him. I don't think there's any, you know, a Bank of England offer sure, but there's no one coming into yeah. that. So yeah, we, we're going to keep him. Uh, Hilaire, I would – this would be – it's going to take for me almost as much as we paid for him to get him out of there. Like, I don't – I'm not ready to bail on him yet. I still think we can design something uh, that fits both him and the other good players in our team that I would want to build around. Is in Suchek, Rice, Bowen, those type of players. I think we can build something that fits him with all those players – uh, that that could be something special. Uh, it would take a, a monster offer for me to get him. It it would, and I also think emotionally it'd be really sad to see because he's our key signing last summer, and then the very next year we're ready to get rid of him. And the only time I think that could be a happy story is if he absolutely killed it, and then we got some monstrous offer for him. We we're like, yes, like he killed it for us, but you know we earned a lot of money off him. But but that's not the case here, and. He's got potential. He played well for our team sometimes. Like he had some good hold up play. It's just, I think we just need to unlock that last little bit. And once we do, 
I mean, look what he did at Eintracht, you know? Yeah. Part of it's going to be on, on him to try, put in a little bit more effort, but also this is going to be one of the areas in which Moyes has to earn his money as the manager and, and motivate Hilaire to get the most out of him and, and position him where he needs to be uh, to kind of get that. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. So if you put Declan Rice, let's say you put him at striker, he, he would still put in 110%. He, he would still perform, but you wouldn't see him perform to the best of his ability, right? Because the manager chose to put him in the striker position. So Hilaire, for instance, yeah, he's putting him in the right position that he plays, but you also have to surround him with the right people and, and surround him with the structure that's going to fit Hilaire's play. And like we mentioned before, if you're going to bring in players like Hilaire that need a certain structure, then build that structure to fit them. So it's up to Moyes to kind of mold and, and make certain changes to get that final portion of Hilaire. Now, there is a little bit more effort that Hilaire could put in, but um, but I think that's a good point is the manager has a, a large part. And, and honestly, I think Moyes can do that. I, I don't think Moyes is... Uh, um, I, let me rephrase. I don't want to say that Hilaire will not work under Moyes because I think there's a strong potential that he will. And then finally, the probably the player that's most likely to leave West Ham this summer and, and probably will be the first to go based on kind of the reported interest uh, and where he's at in his deal, uh, a Yeti. I, man, I, I don't think we've mentioned it before. We, or we have mentioned it before. He's, we, we don't think he's been given the chance but if we don't rate him, there's no reason having him around to collect a wage. Just got to get rid of him. Yeah, honestly, that that's it. If we're not going to play him, don't have him on the wages. Don't don't have him around, right? Like Noble is probably the only exception to that. And the reason I say that is because if we're not going to play him, he's still a leader on the bench. He's still a leader in training. But a Yeti is not that legendary Noble status, you know? I mean, he just joined the team last year. And clearly, we're not going to play him. So why keep him? Um, and offers are coming in from, I think from Celtic is, is the largest one, uh, or at least the most prominent. Uh, so, Hey, if he's want, if he wants to leave, I mean, he, he probably does cause he wants to get playing time. So let's do it. Yeah. That kind of concludes going through our team, who we, who we really want to keep, who we, he wouldn't be too sad to see leave. Uh, especially when we need the, the, the wages to fund, uh, other transfers, uh, next section, we'll talk about everyone we've been linked to. And then, kind of our picks of who think who we who we need, what positions we need, and who would best fit our team. Welcome back. In this section, we're going to talk about the player or the positions of need we think we should sign this summer. Uh, different players from those positions that we've been linked to as a club in the media what we think of those players. And then finally, we're going to give kind of our players that we've identified as maybe fitting what we think we need at West Ham and kind of give a, a little bit of a scouting report breakdown on them. So Chris, what do you think your our biggest need is, uh, assuming no real big changes in the squad, assuming we don't, we don't sell everyone at one position, what do you think our biggest need existing is? Sure. So I think there's five areas I can identify that, we have areas of need, but there's two that have a, a much more prominent need, right? So I've got left back and right back as our by far massively, you know, the biggest positions of need. I, I see a massive hole in our team there, um, specifically left back. But 
past that, uh, so once we fill those holes, I've got, you know, striker. I think we need a backup striker. I think we've got two starting strikers, two consistent strikers, but in case one gets hurt, really, um, basically bringing in like an Yeti, uh, assuming we're going to sell him. Then, but I also want to see someone that we're going to play there. Um, then center back uh, is another position of need. Look, we've got Balbuena, Diop, and um, and Ogbana. I would like to see one more consistent, solid one, maybe like a Balbuena player where he comes in, he can definitely fill the role. We trust him a little bit um, if one of them gets hurt and and even could fight for that starting spot over Diop. But so, so kind of and, bringing in competition, but but someone that if you know, one of our first choice got injured, you'd be fine with them starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly the center back I'm looking for. The last position uh, area of need I have is, is the left mid. So we've got Dean Ghana. We've got, we, we played around this season with Anderson started out there. Lanzini was there. Fornals was out there. Look, we played around with it, but we never really meshed with it. And I hope Dean Ghana is the fix for that. But I also would really like to see us bring in one. I, but I, I don't want us to focus on left mid and get rid of the other areas. Uh, what, what do you think, Chris? Do you have any uh, ones that you identify? I have pretty similar to you. I, I think the glaring needs are both fullback positions. I, I, I think at this point we are an almost equal need for both. I might favor the left back just a little bit because out of all the left backs we have, I'm not really confident in either. Masuaku or Cresswell and on the right backs at least I have think Johnson could be a potential starter for us I, I think he could be a really really good player but he's unproven so I I think our top goal should be going into the transfer window looking for a starter at both fullback positions not not you know if we get if we get a player at each position and, and Johnson is so good he has to start great fantastic but I think we need to target a starter in both of those positions so that's my top tier. Kind of the next tier down, similar to you. I think we striker and center back are kind of the next needs. Striker, I, I agree with you. We need someone that doesn't necessarily need to be a world beater, don't need a 45 million pound signing like we did last year, but someone, ideally someone that can pair with Hilaire or Antonio, either one, or, you know, that but that we're confident enough that we'll get playing time. So someone that hopefully I'm kind of positioned looking for someone that at least has some pace, uh, and, and is is a not not you know a thirty goal a season person, but someone that's been proven that they can score goals. And then center back, hopefully someone really more for just cover here, like you mentioned, someone to uh, really provide competition for for Ogbana and for Diop. But then also you know Ogbana's getting on the older side, maybe someone that could be a future replacement there. Uh, and then finally. Less needs. These are basically positions I wouldn't be gutted if we didn't get a person in, but but I think we could really benefit from from getting. I think we need a, another defensive midfielder, and you think, well, we we have Rice and Suchek. Yeah, we do, but Rice might leave at some point. It might be this summer. It might be next summer. It might be a couple of years, but he's going to leave. Noble. He's about is really getting on the age where you don't want him playing too much. He's, he might even retire at the end of this year. We don't know. Uh, and then if, if anyone gets injured, who else do we really have? We don't. So kind of identifying someone to, for a long-term replacement of Noble uh, and, and could, could maybe even a replacement of Rice if it comes to that. And then also, like you said, kind of a left winger. We haven't had that. I'm hoping a Diangana can fill it or maybe if Anderson gets back on form. But assuming we're going to sell a couple wingers, we could we could definitely use that attacking midfielder slash winger. 
uh, to kind of shore up our depth. So, uh, Chris, let's kind of start here um, with the defense. And we've been linked with a few people. Like we mentioned, this is probably our number one need. I think uh, very, very, uh, very big hole that we need to fill in our team. Who have we been linked with? And who do you think we actually could uh, could get? Yeah, so let's start off at right back. So, so Moyes, we agree with what kind of what Moyes said. Defense is the, the biggest area of need. And, and it's kind of obvious with – how many points we gave up from winning positions. Uh, so we'll start on the defense. Fullback, uh, right side, we've been linked with Matty Cash of Nottingham Forest, who's, who's a 23-year-old player, really good at the, been playing at the championship. I think he he started his career as a winger, but kind of moved back to a to right, right back and performed really well this season. We've also been linked to Gonzalo Montiel of River Plate, similarly a pretty young player, but uh, – now, obviously, the, the Argentinian league, not as strong as some of the, the more mainstream European leagues. Uh, and then also one of uh, Suchek's former te- teammates, Kufal, out of Slavia Prague. A little older, but kind of look at a budget signing. And then we've also been linked to loan moves for uh, Diego Dalo of Manchester United and uh, Wagyu of Barcelona. So kind of... If we're looking for a loan, those could be decent players. Um, Chris, anyone stand out to you out of this group? Yeah, uh, really two players in, in uh, specifically. So Kuval from Slavia Prague, I, I like this um, potential player. And the reason I do it is because he's a little bit older. He's got some experience. Slavia Prague is not the Premier League level, but it is still a top you know, professional league level um, for the Czech Republic. And and we got Suchek out of there who has proven really well. Now, I don't think we can expect the same out of bringing a defender in, you know, but, but he's got that experience. And right now I want someone that's going to hold down the fort back there. I don't, I don't need someone that's going to be that we need like a, like almost Ben Johnson where look, we've got someone to develop for years for sure, but I don't want to bring in a brand new left back who is unproven. Right. So, I think Kufal has played at a decent enough level that we could put him in there and he could fill it. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about right back. My bad. I mentioned left back. Um, another one I think too uh, is the Barcelona player. So uh, look, 21 years old, Wagyu, it, it, he is young enough that um, I think we've got the coverage with Fredericks and Ben Johnson. I would like to see, and 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 also he's playing at a at Barca. I mean, one of the top. Well, I will mention he he did he was loaned out to a French team I think Nice this year, but he yeah he he his parent club is Barker. I don't know how much he's actually played for them or not, but sure. But he, obviously, but he's, he's obviously playing at that level. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly, and that's my whole point is he he's playing at a top level, and so I'm not again he's a young player, but I'm more comfortable putting him in that position than someone. Like you know, you mentioned we've got people who were linked from River Plate or something where they're. Yeah, they're professional teams, but they're not, you know, at that top level. So, I don't know. That's probably who I'd target. I I really like you talked about uh, Kufal at a Prague. Especially if you think Johnson's going to be a player for the future, then it makes sense maybe buying a a somewhat older, just more, uh, not a stopgap per se, but someone that's going to be just a squad player, a solid starter if when right. he's called upon, but not someone that, you know, you're expecting to, to carry forward the banner for the club for the next five or so years. Um, and just give time Johnson, give Johnson time to develop, provide cover. So I like that. For me, both the lone targets and DeLow and, and Wagyu, I don't, I'd take them, 
because it's low cost. Yeah, but low cost, exactly. At that yeah. point, you're just bringing in bodies. Like, they're both young. They're both unproven for the most part. Um, and to be fair, we do have Johnson, who and is we have Johnson. Like, if, if all it's going to do is, like, cause Johnson not to play, I'm not going to be for it. Although the, the only thing I'd say is Johnson's shown enough that he plays on the left back, too. So even if you you get a guy, a great right back, you, you could see Johnson maybe move to left and, and – do that. I know he's naturally right-footed, but showed promise there. Um, but for me, the, I actually would – I'd really love um, uh, Matty Cash out of Forest. He he scored some goals. I think he had four or five goals this year, had provided a decent number of assists, uh, and is, is pretty young. He's, so he's 23, room to grow. But he also is proven in the championship. He's played a, a full, really good season in the championship. Uh, for a good team, a team that just missed out on um, kind of playing for promotion. So I, I think it'd be nice to see him. Obviously, he has a little bit of versatility, played a little bit as a winger earlier on in his career. Um, buying him, I don't think he'd – it looks like they're going to hold out for uh, over 10 million pounds, but I'm thinking for a player that young, we should go for it, provide, you know – I feel like bringing in a player like Cash, it'd give me enough confidence to sell Fredericks and really ride forward with both Cash and Johnson on the right back. Yeah, I, I like that analysis. Um, and I want to kind of get into that left back too because we've got Johnson to fill that right back and we potentially could sell Fredericks for right back. But left back here, we've got Cresswell who is he's definitely getting older, not as pacey. I think there's more of a need for left back um so who, who have we been linked to and who would you pick out of uh out of that to, to fill the spot kind of three players we've been linked to all from the championship uh robinson anthony robinson of wigan you know, a, a u.s international uh doesn't doesn't really play for the u.s men's national team but uh he is reportedly available for 1.5 million pounds after wigan got relegated so it's more I think for him it'd be more of a matter of just convincing him to come to West Ham uh, and then Ryan Manning of QPR uh, teammate of another target uh, Abrici Eze which we'll talk about later he's 24 had a pretty good season from what I could tell from the championship uh, and then Rico Henry of Brentford who just missed out on promotion uh, lost the relegation playoff final, but he's 23 so all really young options uh, all played in the championship, really locked down starting roles for their teams. For me, I'd I'd really push after Robinson if he's if he truly is available for that 1.5 million pounds, and we are strapped for cash already. Why aren't we, you know, already as you know trying to get pull out all the stops to to get, to convince him to come to us? That seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to kind of run through him. Uh, he is probably my top pick for left back. I also like Ryan Manning's over Henry and, and I'll explain why. So Anthony Robinson, Anthony Robinson, 22 years old, right? He's six feet. So he fits that a um, little bit better than Cresswell, who uh, at least can fight for some headers and stuff if he needs to cover, um, which is 1.83 meters, by the way. Um, and he had 36 appearances last year and had one goal. Um, he, like you mentioned, he's on the cheap. So his contract right now, I and mean, we, I think if we offered, say, let's, let's just throw out a number 4 million, like that would almost guarantee that he came to our club. Right. Plus that's a premier that's going from championship to premier league. And like you mentioned, the relegation of uh Wigan. So 
look, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer to me. Um, he has featured for the U.S. men's national team. And actually, a, a fun fact, I, I like, is that he was actually born in England, but his father was was um, from New York, from the U.S. So he ch- had the choice to play for England or the U.S., and he chose the U.S., which is actually a really interesting thing, considering England's known as a little bit of a better national team. Um, so I, I kind of like that about him just for me being American, you know, but um, he, he hasn't featured a lot for us in the left back position. We do have a void there in the men's national team and that's a whole different thing. But um, anyway, so he has featured there and I like that he's got that international experience. I think that brings another thing to a player, especially when um, you're looking at do, can they fit the premier league level? And yeah. if you play internationally, that only helps you. Um, and then his contract, actually, he's he's on two more years of contract, so we would have to buy him out slightly, but also he's basically so cheap that we could easily do that, and it's not a problem for us. So I, I the biggest thing I see from him is oh, he's got a ton of potential, right? Incredibly young, good player. He's extremely pacey. I mean, I, I really like this is the player I want to see at left back. Yeah, I think it's a good good analysis honestly i would take any of the three i'd i'd prefer robinson just because it's the cost is so low you're you're not risking anything but you could be getting he's the youngest out of that bunch and uh you know really like you mentioned uh, he's a tall strong player pacey could be a really good player and yeah uh, basically all i have to say is we need a left back whoever it can be let's get him a player that could that seems to be from you know based on all the interest that's in him uh worthy of playing in the premier league and he's available for 1.5 million pounds is that's a steal gotta go yeah and and let me mention too manning so he's another target that we've been he's he's only about three million pounds 2.5 to 3 million pounds is the current contract he's on so again you can get a really cheap good left back right and, and Manning specifically participated. He was in 10% of his team's goals, which I really like. In comparison to Cresswell, who was in six, who was involved, I should say, in 6% of our team's goals. So over the entire course of the season, that's, that's pretty good, right? And Manning's got a little bit more um, chase after him. I know Watford and Norwich were going for him. However, I think we've got a really strong chance saying we're a Premier League club. They both just got relegated, right? So yeah. an, another easy, I would I would say, quote-unquote, easy target to go for, um, smart to go for. He's also played for Ireland internationally. So I, I would I would not be upset if we went for uh, or signed either of them. I would prefer Robinson, but Manning is a great choice too. And, and Henry is good too, for sure. But just looking at the other two potential options, um, that's who I'd go for. Yeah. Good. And then let's go to the kind of the last position on defense. Both you and I agree we need someone that can at least cover for our current starting center back, maybe even challenge them for a starting spot. Uh, kind of the, the three defenders I've seen, uh, center defenders I've seen us most linked to are Duffy of Brighton, a little older at 28, but seems to really be forcing a move out of the club. I just feel like he hasn't been treated right there. And so he could be available for relatively cheap, but he's also been a, a real proven uh, Premier League player. Also, Sar of Nice, uh, a young player on a, available on a free at 21. We've been linked with him, but I honestly don't know how strong those links are, seeing as he, he has uh, relatively strong interest from other, perhaps bigger clubs than us. So it's kind of a pipe dream, I'd say. And then uh, we've also supposedly 
uh, scouted Kipre of Wigan, one of Robinson's former teammates, uh, who is 23 years old, seems to be a, a big, strong, kind of a stronger center back. Uh, I probably out of those three would go with Duffy. I just like the, the experience that he gives. He's, he's performed well for Brighton, who are typically a very defensively solid team. Uh, he's been in the Premier League for multiple years. Really, he's 28, but that's not super old, especially when you compare him to someone like Ogbonna. Could be, could be a good player, especially if you get him for so 8 to 10 million pounds. Uh, for if you're expecting several years out of him, that's, you, he's a known quantity. He's going to fill exactly what you need. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, out of the list that we've been linked to, I think you you have to go with Duffy. And the reason is because we we don't have a massive need at center back, right? We do have a little bit of a need, though. And I want a player that can come in there and be consistent and can fill just that little bit of gap. We, we don't really need to go after super, super young players and start training them up. We've got Diop. We just need someone that can come in there and, and help Ogbonna and kind of develop Diop, right? And Duffy to me is that he's still young enough too that he's going to be there for for plenty of years. I'm not really at 28. I'm not worried about you. Um, I don't want to say you're quote unquote old because you've got plenty of years left to play. So he's young enough that I'm happy to bring him in, and he's going to be. I think he'd be solid for us. Yeah, I think the biggest thing there is just going into the season with three center backs, it's, it'd be really difficult to do one injury and you, you have no subs. So we just have, we got to sign someone, any of I'd take any of them, but Duffy, just such a, you know what you're getting with him. You know, he's going to fill the job you need him to. Uh, and, and really looks like he could be available for a relative steal. Kind of the other position we talked about striker. So here we're, we're looking, ideally we think with between Antonio and, Hilaire, we have two really good options, but we'll maybe want someone that can either pair with them, uh, but also would be competent to play or bring on as a sub late, you know, to try and score a goal um, or maybe even, you know, push for a starting spot. So the, the four forwards we've been linked to um, kind of a, a big, a, a very different group. So we've been linked to Ollie Watkins of Brentford, who when they were confirmed to go de- or not to, not to come up, seems to have an 18 uh, million pound release clause and he's 24 years old. Callum Wilson, who we linked with before, who's 28, uh, got relegated with Bournemouth. Carlin Grant out of Huddersfield, who's only 22. And then also we've even been linked for, um, lightly linked, I don't think it's going to happen with Luka Jovic's, uh, Luka Jovic, who was Hilaire's striker partner at Frankfurt. Uh, he's a... Uh, been talk of being available for loan from Real Madrid after a relatively disappointing season. Yeah, I, I'm look, Hilaire did great at Antrag. I'm nervous to bring in another teammate of his because if that flops, we're in trouble, in my opinion. Um, I, I think he could be an independently good player, but I, I really don't want to bank on that. I don't, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And I feel like you are if you bring in. Do you think that's yeah. the case? Well, I. I, I think it actually is – if it, if it is on a loan move, it'd be a good move. I just don't think we're going to – I think there's other bigger teams that are looking for him. I don't think a player is going to come from – even though he didn't play a ton at Real Madrid, I think he's going to come from Real Madrid to West Ham. Right. Uh, yeah, no, so, I don't think so. So out of the I three that we're looking at buying, I personally – I think Watkins is prime. He is a good player. So let me just – 
he scored he's 24 years old scored 26 goals in the championship this year just second leading scorer in the championship three assists uh this is actually his first year playing striker full-time he played winger for brentford uh and scored 10 goals in each of the previous two years you know brentford was obviously uh one of the highest scoring team in the in the championship just had a, ma- a juggernaut of an offense, but Watkins at 26 goals is 24 years old, young, but tall, tall and pacey. I think he'd be a really good partner with Hilaire. Yeah. Or Andrew, I do too. Either one. Cause he's, he's big enough to, to, to win headers, but he's also, he's also pacey enough to play off of the hold up play that both Antonio and Hilaire offer. So what I see in Ali Watkins is someone that, is going to compete for that starting spot. The other three, or sorry, the other two you mentioned, I think could could definitely compete for it. But Ali Watkins to me stands out as the the one that is going to actually put you know hey uh, um, put some fire under say Hilaire for instance and say I've got to earn my starting spot because Watkins is going to be fighting for it. If you bring in Wilson, I'm happy to have him, but I. I fear my biggest fear is that he's going to go into that role that a yeti had where we have him as a backup but we're likely not going to play him and i don't know but but i see watkins as hey we actually might play this guy we he actually might start over you hilaire you know and, and maybe yeah. that would feel there and and he's good and watkins is proven too so when he's he's not only he's versatile he played it he's played at winger before so even if you know you have both either playing a single striker and have either Hilaire or Antonio or playing a two striker formation and have both of them up there. You can, you can put Watkins as a winger. Like he's offers versatility. He's consistently shown it. So he's obviously scoring 26 is his highest, but he's scored at least 10 in each of the last two before that. So he's consistent proven at the championship level. Yeah. He's definitely not cheap with compared to what our budget is. He's about 18 million pounds reportedly. Uh, but that, I mean, I think we could sell Anderson and bring him in, and I'd be happy. For, I'd be happy for that trade. Yeah, um, I would too. And uh, do you have any? Uh, who out of that do you think we have the best chance of getting? Wilson, I don't think we have much of a chance of getting. He he's been linked with some other clubs, and I just it'd be a stupid move. Very high, like high injury risk, and he seems to be at least as expensive as Watkins, if not more. So I wouldn't. I don't think we're we'll likely to get him. I think Carlin Grant. I'd say it's about him and Watkins are probably about equal, equally likely. Um, Grant's probably a little cheaper, but probably not as good. Uh, whereas Watkins is almost Watkins is almost certainly going to move just because Brentford didn't make it up, but he he will have a lot of interest. So I, I don't know. I'd say Watkins is the most likely, but I honestly don't. Based on our our skimpy budget, I don't really see us pulling off of any of these. There, I, I can see us maybe a player we have we haven't listed here that like we, maybe a player that we don't haven't been linked to yet a signing later in the window just as cover. Okay, yeah, is the, play, is the play, most play. likely is what I'd say. Not right. not what I would want, but the most likely. Yeah, like, yeah, and so let me just kind of go into some players that I think would fit the mold that I want to see. I would love to see these players. Don't get me wrong, but I also want to caveat this by saying, I don't think we're going to get these players and they're not necessarily up for sale. So the, the I think the ideal center defender, right? We've already so got these are, these are people that you identified, not that we've been linked to just that's to right. Fair. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so 
we've already got Obana, but I think I would love to see Tyrone Mings come come play for us. It fitting right next to Obana, how good would that be? I mean, so he's played for England national team. He's featured a little bit for them. Um, he obviously he comes from Ashton Villa, and then uh, he's about six feet five inches, which is one point nine six meters. He's twenty seven years old, which she talked about to me is kind of that prime age where you're young enough to still contribute a ton. Um, and, and contribute and for a while and to yeah. grow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he, he does still have three years left on his contract. It would be probably a very expensive um, switch for us, transfer for us. Uh, and he's valued around 25 million pounds. So definitely more expensive. However, that's one player that, you know what, you put the money in now and, and you don't have to worry about the position for years. Um, another thing I like about him is, so he played 85% of the total minutes for Villa, which means that his injury record was, was not that much. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he was injured for the other percentage that he didn't play at 15%. It, it just means that maybe, you know, they subbed him out to give him rest or something, or I don't know, um, so a card or something, but 85% of the time he was playing, which means he's consistent. Um, and then he contributed to uh, roughly 10% of their goals. So he's this, I mean, six, five, and like I said, 1.96 meters, he can contribute to corners uh, and be in there just like Agbana. So maybe we don't need to send both of them. Maybe we just send one of them and they're going to be a huge presence, you know? And then if we do need to send both, then darn, we have two massive people in the box with Hilaire, with Suchek. I mean, that'd be deadly. So anyways, that's kind of, that's who I'm really looking for. I would love to see that for center back. Another one. I think, really, that, I think that's a good analysis right there. We definitely fits the bill of what we need. If we could bring in someone like him, both as a, a current solution and maybe Diop's uh, inconsistencies, but also someone that eventually, when Agbana, you know, retires, would be the perfect pairing with a with a player like Diop. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and another player, I think this is a little bit. If Ashtonville had gone down, I think we could have gotten Tyrone Mings, and we should have gone for him. But I, I think he's probably going to stay. Uh, with with Villa now that they're up. Um, Steve Cook, though, he played for Bournemouth. They obviously got relegated. Uh, He's age 29, and he's about six feet tall, which is 1.85 meters. Uh, He's a player that we, because Bournemouth got relegated, I think we should poach. And look, he's 10 million dollars, 10 million pounds, excuse me, um, and he averages two goals a season, which I really like. So, you know, kind of looking at those stats, uh, I think he's a player that, could fill that basically that Diop void right now until Diop kind of gets that consistency down. I think I've seen some great games from Diop, but I just I don't trust it 100% of the time. Whereas I trust Agbana 100% of the time. Steve Cook can fill that void. Um, so I, th- that's kind of what I see from him. Uh, those are kind of two players, um, Ty- Tyrone Mings and Steve Cook, that I would like to see, or at least some player that is very close and similar to them. So uh, do you have anything, Chris, that uh, you want to either add to that or any players that, that are, we're not necessarily linked to, but that you would love to see at the club? Yeah. So I think both of those are good. were good fits. I, I wish we could go for a player like Tyrone Mings. I think it'd be a great signing if we did. Um, but then a player like Steve Cook, definitely gettable, kind of very similar to what I would see. Maybe not quite as good as Duffy, but very similar proven at the premier league level would fill the would fill the role that we kind of need as a backup center back maybe even a a starter to, to at least push the others so i think those both of those great uh, i had one player that i thought that would probably if the team is currently constructed might be considered a, a luxury buy but if declan rice left i think would be imperative to sign 
I think okay. he'd fill a need. So the, the player is Toon Koopmeners from AZ. So in the Dutch league team that they finished second in the Dutch league, he plays primarily center defensive mid, but also plays a little more advanced as, as just a center defense or center midfielder, but also he played uh, some of his games at center back last year. He's six feet tall. So he's big enough to play it in the back of the defense. Uh, he's left footed. So w- one of the reasons I like him, he could fill in for Suchik and Rice or even potentially a midfield three of those three and move Suchik a little bit further up, especially when we want more ball control. Um, he's left-footed and can play center back. So if you're thinking of a, a fill-in for Agbana on that left side, he could be the perfect person there. So then I, I, I also have – he's valued at 12.5 million pounds. I think it would probably take closer to 15 to 17 to get him because he's only 22 years old. But there's a, here's a couple things I like about him. And these are some – he was the captain of their team, the team that won second in the Arriva DC, the Dutch League. Um, he scored 14 goals, 12 of which were penalties. So he's a, a, a good penalty taker. His and other Noble, two goals Noble, were free kicks. And Noble was our penalty kick, and, kick and Noble taker, was right? our so penalty he taker could before. replace him. Yeah. Um, he led the team in minutes, so he's not really an injury risk. And he's he's both the captain, so he's a leader, and he's basically fits any any situation because he played. And then here's some stat comparisons between him and Declan Rice. He had Coop Miners had 87% pass accuracy. Declan had 86. Now, obviously these are the Dutch league is not as good as the, I'm not trying to say he's better than rice, but I'm saying this is why I think he could fill in if we lost a rice or even just fit perfectly alongside a rice. No check 87% pass accuracy uh, compared to rice's 86. He had 83 passes a game, which Declan had 46. Jeez, so double. almost double. And Declan was, I think, our second most pass. Like our, our top passer didn't even break 50 a game. So he had 86, 83 passes a game. Six long balls a game. This You look up a, a YouTube video of this guy. He has incredible range. Look, you know, dinging the ball all over the field from that deep-lying playmaker position. Six deep, long balls a game. Uh, well, and, and the long balls, I think, is really important, too, because look how we scored against Chelsea, right? We had that um, that cross up to Antonio, up to Yarmolenko. I mean, and those were long balls. And we've got Antonio, that's pacey. We've got Bowen, that's pacey. That could actually really fit our team. Yeah, those long, especially long the, the counterattacking long ball style that Moyes likes to play. He could fit in really well, both either from the center back or the, the defensive mid. Compared to Rice, so six long balls compared to Rice's three point four. Who Rice was the the best long ball passer we had this year. Uh, tackles Rice obviously had more than him. Three point one for Rice, only two point one for Coop Miners, but still two point one is very respectable. Uh, had one one interception compared to Declan's two. Again, not as good, uh, but still pretty good for a defensive midfielder. And then two point one clearances compared to Rice's one point three. So a little more clearances. Uh, and his team gave up just 17 goals in 25 games, which was six better than the next closest in the entire division. So all of those, the leadership qualities, uh, young young player, relatively affordable, great passer, solid defender, can take penalties, fills in both at center mid and defensive mid, is left-footed, uh, so can cover for a player like Agbana. I, I just think all of that, makes him a great player um, to be a complement to what we have now, but also could be a replacement 
uh, maybe not, you know, even if we keep Rice, Noble's about to retire too. So, like, where we need more midfielders to play with us, to play on our team for, for both depth and for starting, I think he'd be a good good one to look at. Yeah, and uh, one thing that West Ham fans get really wrapped around is is Rice, and that he is our best player. Like, but let's just make sure that we're smart business wise and we're smart um, financially about how we're going to proceed with with the club. You mentioned Payet. We probably could have gotten a lot more for Payet before we actually um, sold him and, and transferred him. So there's been play, and you mentioned some other players. So we've already covered it, but maybe this is a chance that, you know, that, um, that we need to take to sell rice. If we get a great offer. And you mentioned if we sell him for say 65 million, bring in a $20 million center mid like this, that's still, that frees up about $40 million of funds. And we could get someone, some top player with, with those funds. So you could basically go slightly down in center midfield uh, in grade slightly. And, and then bring in our top player, but not advocating to sell Declan at all. Just, you know, just want to throw that out there. Let's make sure we're thinking with, with our heads and and not necessarily just our hearts. I mean, yeah, especially if, you know, Declan's obviously a professional. I don't think he's going to force his way out, but if it, you know, if we get a fantastic offer, it, it might be the best time for the club just to take advantage of it and, and recognize that, as a, as we currently are, we don't really have what it takes to keep Declan around long term. So uh, capitalize on it and uh, tr- and he's you know use use rice rice the funds raised from any rice sale as as a way to make our team better rather than just uh, you know it's good it, uh, you can't replace him one for one, but maybe if you strengthen other parts of the team with it, it, it could it could help. So I wouldn't wouldn't. So that's kind of concludes all the players that we we scouted individually. We there one position we didn't really talk about was kind of the attacking midfield and wingers, just because we don't think it's necessarily as high on our our need. But but we've been linked to uh, Eze from QPR and a little bit to Benarama from Brentford, uh, both of which look great players. But it looks like we're probably going to lose out to both. Both Benarama is just valued well well too high for what our budget is. Eze looks like we might actually we have a chance, but looks like we're dragging our feet. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was so excited when I saw this player come across the tabloids and come across you know actually genuine sources that were linked with him, and he he is a one of probably the quintessential player that I love to bring into the club. He's young, he's fast, he's already proven that he can score. I, I, I think he would fill. A, 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 he would fit perfectly into West Ham. Um, what I'm nervous about is we've got Crystal Palace. There's probably the leading uh, us and Crystal Palace are probably the two that are, that are really trying to go after as a, and I, ever since the transfer window has it, it kind of come about here, um, we've seen Crystal Palace going after him, but I've not seen a lot of effort on West Ham's side. And that's something that's really disappointing from, from my view, because I think as would be the perfect candidate. Well, Do you share he, that, Chris? Or? I, 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 um, I'd be really sad if we missed out early on in the transfer window. I was furious with us for not for not getting him. I thought, man, we're going to lose out. The more I've thought about it, like based on what I hoped Iengana will be, I don't know if we necessarily 
it's critical that we get him, but gosh, everything looks set up for this guy to be worth three, four, five times what he's worth reportedly right now in just a few years. I think he could really lock in. He's young, he's fast, he's proven. For the price that that he's reportedly available for, I think 14 million and, and Hugo could get it done because they're reportedly, uh, QPR is reportedly keen on, on signing Hugo. Even even though we're, we're, we we say we f- should be focused on defenders, I don't want our I don't want us to miss out on a player that could be a fantastic player for us just because we want to buy a defender first, then look at midfield. Like if if the player's available now, if he's available for the right price, and he's a player you think is going to contribute, buy him now. Yeah, you no, can't have that's what good they- players. Like, why are we waiting, you know? And uh, and like I said, this this guy fits West Ham in exactly what we need perfectly. Like, let's Even if you're on a 0-0 budget, like, this is the time to, to put in some money. And you can get him fairly cheap compared to what I think he's going to offer. Uh, I, he's not a $45 million signing, you know? And so just some, some interesting facts about him. Um, he was offered $8 million up front, which it was about a $12 million package in terms of the, the amount of fees and things that, that Palace was offering. However, QPR is holding out for a little bit higher right now, and, and they, it's been reported that they want about $20 million. So the, the deal is still not done with them, and that's where I want West Ham to kind of come in and say, hey, $20 million, let's take that right now. That'll, that'll basically complete our midfield, especially when you have Diangana coming on the left. I mean – that this would seal up a lot of our problems that that we currently have, and then we can focus the rest of our funds, the rest of our defense, uh, the rest of our time on defense. Um, yeah, I'm still I, hopeful that we're going to get this, but there's been too many players we missed out on just because we didn't uh, that we maybe scouted, but didn't quite go, you know, up to the valuation of of the, of the other club, and instead we've bought, you know there might be a player valued for 15 and we don't want to pay 15. We'll pay like 13, but the club says, no, we won't get them. And then we'll buy another player for 10 and the player's garbage. And we'll just have to come next transfer window, come in and buy the same position again. If you get it right the first time, you don't have to spend that money again. And if you get it right the first time, the player could be worth multiple times that value in the future. So just like Declan Rice, just like Declan. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it seems like a smart bit of business, but I think yeah, our invitation is going to kill us. One last thing on this point, though. Think about when we signed Bowen. We, you know, we waited until the darn if it wasn't until the down to the minute. We were literally hoping the we train had to didn't get, get delayed. We had to get an extension to complete the yeah. medical. Yeah, and if his train had gotten delayed, even like I mean, that's insane to me. But we signed him in the end, so. This is why I am slightly hopeful that we can still sign Eze because that happened with Bowen and he was a great signing. As you know, Crystal Palace right now doesn't want to pay what QPR wants. QPR seems right now to refuse um, anything less than than that twenty million. So I, I am holding out. Moyes had great signings in January; they all paid off. Every single one of them did. I, I am five. I definitely want to see a little bit more aggressive trade uh, transfer, you know, mentality from the club. But I am, there's a part of me that's saying, you know what, let's just sit back. Let's just trust what Moise is doing because it worked out for us in January and it, and it might work out for us here. Maybe there's stuff we don't know. I don't know, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do have the season starts in a little over a month at September 12th and we have almost two full months uh, before the transfer window closes on October 5th. So there's still time to get a move. Um, I, I don't, it, it baffles me why we always seem to wait until the transfer window opens to even begin scouting players at West Ham. Uh, it doesn't make sense. You, you should, you know, a well-run club already has its targets in, in mind uh, and the funds available to, to pursue those targets. And so uh, first, if we really do have to sell to buy, we need to be working much harder as a club to sell the players that we want to sell. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, we have, a solid core of a team already. And I think we could be a, we could be a solid mid table side if the, we put in the right system. Yeah. Even if we do, I, even if we don't bring in any players, even if we don't bring in any players. And that's what kind of gives me hope for this next season is we lost a lot of points when Roberto was playing goal. We lost a lot of points in defense when we had leads and we gave them up and we lost a lot of points in VAR. So I'm, I'm just, I'm so hopeful that we can, tie up some of those loose ends, even if we don't bring in anybody and let's use the people that we do bring in to just, you know, propel us even more up the table. So, well, that kind of, that concludes our transfer podcast special. Uh, Next time we will bring you a season preview closer to the season. Uh, Thanks. And come on you irons. Come on you irons.